Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Lord, as we head into the service, we just thank you for your grace. Have your way here this evening in our lives. Speak to us. We came here to serve you and to worship you. We ask that you would just touch and change lives this evening. Each and every person in the room, every person who's online with us right now, that where they are, in their lounge, if it's in their bedroom or if it's in a hospital somewhere, that this evening there'd just be a, a, a moment of just knowing that there's going to be extreme turnaround. Bless every person, I pray. In Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen. 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 Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you just spin around and greet everyone around you? Tell them they look fantastic. Who's glad to be in church? If you're online, so good to be with you. Every week we seem to be kind of making progress. We're making progress? We're making progress. I got happier faces than some nodding at the back. That's what I like to hear. Last week there was unhappy faces, frowns, middle fingers. There was a lot going on from the back there. And I don't know. I know that's what I said. I couldn't believe it. But we got rid of that team. We got a new one. These ones are much better. These ones are much better. We've got some exciting stuff we're going to announce next week, which I wanna, I'm excited about. Well, I was going to do it this week, and then um, Yohan is away, and Teresa's away, and there's a whole lot going on. A lot of people are unwell. We're going to pray for some people that are unwell. Um, I, I don't know what's going on, but we're not going to accept Rose. Hello. Yay. Rose is back in the I looked across, I was like, who's this good-looking lady? What's going on? And uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to believe God. We're going to stand together. If there's one thing we can always do together is just agree in prayer. And whenever you hear someone is unwell, um, something I've had to learn over the years is if somebody's unwell, that you've got to genuinely pray, Amen. right? It was, um, it, it's not enough just to say it. You've got to pray for the person. I don't know if you've done this recently, but I, I'm very good at saying I'm praying for you. And, and I am. I, I have been. I changed that a long time ago. I used to say I'm praying or I will pray, and then, but I was really busy and, and with good intentions, but I, I just didn't. And, and we can't do that. If you say you're going to pray for somebody, you've got to pray for them. You've got to honor that. That's the one thing you've got to do. If I can, I will pray immediately. If I can't, I, I will wait until I can, and then I will tell them I'm praying. Right, but recently um, I've, I've started like trying where possible to actually pray. So I'll actually write out what I'm thinking, or or phone the person and say, "Hey, can I take ten seconds to just pray for you?" Right? And I want to encourage you. It does something. It does something massive in your life, massive, massive in your life. And um, I even had uh, I had to stop by uh, Kathleen and Heinrich, and, and immediately when I left, Kathleen's like, "Come on, let me pray for you." Bam, she prayed. And I'm telling you, it does something. You jump in your car, you're on your way, you're like, man, God, I just agree with that. I'm just, it, there's something that happens when we start praying for each other. So we've got to do more of that. Amen? Amen? That's what I'm saying. Just start praying for each other. 
Right, last week of the, of the series, Here to Inspire, and um, that's our heart as a church, is to inspire people to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Not just to know his name. A lot of people know his name. Demons know his name. But they don't have a, a meaningful relationship with him, right? They have a relationship, right? It's just going, it's going a different direction. And we don't want people to have that direction. Amen? And so um, over the last couple of weeks, we've just been looking at how we do that. We said in the beginning, we're going to love God. We're going to love people, and we're going to make a difference. Amen? You with me? So at this point, uh, I'm hoping that, that there's something different about the way you view your relationship with God in the way that now you see that, that it's part of who you are. It, it's your DNA. It's what you were designed for. I, I think especially in the church world, we've made it a lot about what we do to prove our love to God. Like, if you love God, you would. If you love God, you wouldn't, right? We, we place this on people, and you can't do that. You have, to, you have to be a person who says, I'm just going to love him, and from that, something changes in your life. It's got to be from a place of overflow. It can never be, you can't place this on people. Like, Beck, if you really loved God, I'd see more of this in your life. No, you don't, you don't want to do that to people. Uh, you, you've just got to love on Beck. You're just going to encourage her and care for her and pray for her. And, and that's what we do. We don't, we, we, it's not about the do's and don'ts or you will or you won't. That's not what we want to do in life. We want to get to the place where we realize that we have a, our, in our design, who we are is, is to be able to love God. And God is love, amen, and love must, by definition, exist in a relationship. And from that love, things flow, right? Shane loves Deb, so he buys her flowers weekly. That's why. He doesn't buy flowers every week to prove his love. Shane's just like, now I've got middle fingers coming from a different direction. Amen? So, so that's, you, you don't want to try and earn God's love. That, that you're not going to do. Don't try and earn God's love. Just spend time with Him. And when you start to see how much He loves you, you're like, man, I, can, I can't help myself but to love Him back. Amen? Um, you've got to learn to nurture that and, and, and care about it and value your relationship with God. When you value it and you nurture it and you work on it and you take time for it, something shifts. I, I heard... Um, uh, what's that, uh, the lady, Joyce Meyer, right? She said something brilliant. I hated it, but she said it, and it was brilliant, but I still hate it. And, and she said, you know, you're on your way to work, and you leave your mobile phone at home. What do you do? You spin around to go get it, right? That's what you do. Like, you can't not have that with you. That just, that's impossible. You'd have to have your mobile phone with you. And so uh, you leave your sunnies at home. You might go back for it. Or uh, you, you're on the way to work. You think, oh, I forgot to feed the cat. You turn around. You go back because you've got to feed the cat because you know when you come home, life is over, right? Got to feed the cat. Um, I forgot to pray. Now, oh, okay, I'm going to get to that tomorrow, though. Because it's not actually that valuable the time spent with him wasn't as important as your mobile phone. The time spent with him wasn't as important as your cat, right? That's brutal, right? So if you want to join, there's a petition that I'm going to do, and if you want to hate on her with me, we're going to just send her a long list of people who's just saying, don't, don't post things like that. That hurts, right? But we've got to allow stuff like that to stir on the inside. She said that. I was like, ugh, yuck. That's gross. I don't want to hear stuff like that. It's true, though. It is true. Would I go home for the mobile phone? Yes. Would I go home because I forgot to pray? 
yes in Jesus' name. Amen? That's what you want to be saying, but it's not always true. Yes? When we, when we love God, we fulfill our destiny. We were designed to be in relationship with Him. And I'm I really hoping that, that if you want to inspire people to have a meaningful relationship with Him, you're going to have to be people who love Him. So they look at your life, they go, I want what that person's got. That is awesome. Amen? So we looked at uh, love. Then we looked at love people. Loving people's easy until we start having to love them like ourselves. Because we don't always love ourselves. I don't always love you. And, and that makes it easy to, to not have to love you a lot in return. But he's really not doing much with that. He was really, it was a rebuke. The Samaritan, I always thought like, oh my gosh, the Samaritan, what a legend. No, it was not like, look at them, that's awesome. It was, no, you should have been better than that. You're not awesome. You would take care of yourself very differently. If you're hungry, you eat. If your shoes are broken, you go buy new shoes. If you're cold, you put something warm on. But when we look at our neighbor who doesn't have that ability, do we meet that need? Do we go across and, and give that person something? Do we make sure that they are fed? Do we make sure that they are looked after? And, and that is loving your neighbor. That is how you would love you. That is the very least you can do for somebody else. And it is confronting. Because it means that when there's a need, we're going to have to meet it. And I, I had never seen it that way before. I... I honestly, I'd read it only a number of times. The first time I moved the text over, I didn't really have to read it all that much. I know the text well. And then I read it. And then I was adjusting something, so I read it again. And then I read it again. And now I regret keep that continual reading. Because you read enough times and you think, what on earth am I? That's not even good. I thought it was great. Salvos came from this man. Like, Good Sammies, you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is a positive thing. It was never a positive. I'm so sorry, good Sammies. That, you're, you're doing a great job, right? But we should be in a place where we go, oh, my gosh, why are we turning a blind eye? Why are we crossing the road when we could meet the need? Why are we walking the other direction when somebody is struggling? Why aren't we blessing somebody with something that we would hope that somebody did for us? We've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to being what the body of Christ was always going to be, and that was the hands and feet of Jesus. If there is a need, we meet it. Now, I also don't like it when the needs come that are expensive, right? It's like somebody goes, man, I just need a hug. I will meet that need. I need $100 with that hug. M is going to meet that need. They need $1,000. Beck loves meeting needs. Right? Like, the, have you noticed the more expensive it becomes, the more we look around the room? And we've got to get back to what it was always supposed to be about. We've got to love people. We've got to care for people. We've got to find those needs and we've got to meet those needs. Uh, I've already started working on a few things which we'll announce probably in the new year. I'll let you, I just want to wait for you to get through like expensive Christmas so that you're properly broke and then we will start meeting needs. You know, like that absolute pain. Right, that's what we're going to do. But I'm really going to look for opportunities where we can look at, at the area we're in and say, who is hurting and how do we meet that need? What, is, what do we do to actually make a difference? Because otherwise, it's just going to be talk. And talk is cheap. Amen? Oh. Oh, man. Come on, man. This week, we're going to talk about um, making a difference. 
when, uh, when we started the church, it was something we looked at very closely. Like, how do we do this? We wanted everything to be birthed out of Scripture. That was, that was nothing flashy, nothing else. It was just, if it's not Scripture, not interested. Because I think there's a lot of times we try and, like, you know, conjure up something. And, and I did. I had a different idea in my mind of what this church was going to be. And uh, I had set everything out. I think God should have been really impressed. Um, Andrew did a lot of work. And it was like I had that moment where God was like, I love your work, except it's not yours. So we're going to do something a little bit different. Right. And I just I really did spend a lot of time saying, could we because if we just copy paste this, you don't have to do so much work. Because this is good. You copy paste this, you put it there, Lord, I'm telling you, you'll be pumped. You don't have to work as hard. I certainly don't have to work as hard because I've already done it. And I don't have to do it twice. And, and everything changed on me. Everything. From the logos to the colors to the, there is not one thing that's the same, right? And um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your neighbor as yourself. These were the commandments of God. These were the greatest things, the things that were most valuable. When asked, this is what it was. And then you see Jesus arrive back. He's like, all authority. I have that. I'm the man. And then he gives a command. And this is what he writes in Matthew 28. He came to them and spoke, said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe or obey all things that I have commanded. What were these commandments that, were, that mattered? And yo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. That's the only typo I can find. This is the instruction he gives. He says, I've got all the authority. You're going to go into all the world and make disciples. And you're going to, of all nations, we're going to go everywhere. And you're going to baptize them. And you're going to teach them to observe or to obey all that I've commanded. What were the greatest commands? To love God and to love people, right? These were the things that were valuable. There's others, but, but we're really focusing on those two. And you're going to have to learn what the, what the instruction of the Lord was because your responsibility is to pass that on. I love prayer. These girls were like, Come on, can we pray with you? Yes. Oh, yes, you can. We're going to pray. Can we, can we lay hands on the chairs Yes, we can. 100% we can. And then they led us through and we followed them and they, they, they led the way and we just prayed over chairs with them. I'm going, that's awesome. And as I was watching it, I thought, imagine they never saw that or never experienced it or never knew about that. How would they know to do something like that? But now that they know, they can pass that on to their friends and to the future generations and they can continue to pray over people and continue to believe God for the best and uh, come into an environment of pre-prayer and lead the way. I hope that you girls have seen that you're not too young to do something awesome for God. I hope that you see this evening that everyone in here is old, right? Like your mom and dad, they're ancient, right? They're so old. Uh, yeah, don't look at them. Don't look at them. They feel uncomfortable. But they're old. That's why they feel uncomfortable. And you, manage, you got to lead them. You got to lead the way. Amen? That's cool. That's very cool. We should do more of that.
because they're old and we have to teach them. <laughs> Amen? It was the great commission, not the great suggestion. But that's not how we receive it. It was a release. It was a sending moment. It was that space where, where Jesus said, you've seen enough and I've taught you enough and you've walked with me long enough and now I have the authority and I am saying this is what's going to happen next. And we go, that is an awesome idea. Lord, I thank you for every evangelist in the room. But he never left any of us out of it. He said, you're going to go into all the world and this is what's going to happen next. And I think what's happening was we're starting to justify our lack of action. Now, it's, it's, I would, but it's just because I've just been flat out at work. I've, got, I've just taken on this promotion and, and there's all that that comes with it. Or worse is I, I don't know how. And we're not obeying this instruction. And then in the, in the name of Jesus, we, we just think that we're kind of making headway. And it's actually not okay because it's a command. And it was a release and ascending. And what people don't always understand is when, when he said go, uh, after he says, hey, and, and I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Let's just be clear about that. Why? Because the anointing of God will flow as you do. A lot of people go, I, like, I can't move in, in, in what God's called me to do. Yes, because you won't take a step toward it. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Okay, I'm going to, imagine being in the boat. Everyone's there. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out of this thing. And everyone else in the boat? It's night time. I'm telling you, bro, $100 says there's a, there's a giant shark in here. He's gone. He's gone, 100%. He's gone. Where's one of those like cute rings? You know the red and white one? Get one ready. This idiot going down straight away. And he starts walking. And as he takes a step, the ocean hardens under his floor. What? If I'm in that boat, I'm definitely turning to the dude next to me. My money was always on him, eh? Yeah, I, just, I would have backed him. I have faith to believe that he's going to make it. Because there's something that happens when we go. There's something that happens when we step. And for everyone else in the boat, yeah, okay, so he went down, but you still never even took one step. And that's the problem. If, we, if we're going to make disciples, we're going to have to be discipled. If, if you want to learn to make a cake, you're going to have to have somebody teach you, even if it's a box, add one egg and a cup of water, done, mix, put in the oven, done. If you're like me, you can make that flop too, right? But nobody, just nobody ever, you, nobody finds a toddler and wakes up and goes, the toddler goes, yeah, I've just got this kind of incredible recipe in my mind, I think I'll just whip up a cake. Not going to happen. If you want to do it, you have to have been taught, after that, you're, gonna just, you're just going to get better and better. Nobody woke up one day and said, all right, I'm just going to go out the back, service the car, I know how to do it. No, somebody showed you how to fix the car, now you know how to fix the car. Amen? 
You want to make a proper cup of coffee. Somebody teaches you. Now you know. You want to disciple people. Somebody teaches you. Now you know. But we're living in a generation that doesn't want to know. They just want to go. They don't want to do anything about it. They just want to somehow arrive. I've, I've been called by God. Fantastic. Let's do it. I, I, I can't imagine what would have happened if the past, past I feel like the, the Lord would have me start a church. Go now. Uh, nope. Uh, no. No way. Could you imagine? Imagine this, but like 15 years ago. I'm not certain it's mature enough now, let alone 15 years ago. But it, if you're going to learn, you're going to have to go through that process. And now I look back and go, oh my gosh, am I grateful? I am so thankful I didn't jump the gun. Because something happens when you put yourself in an environment where you would learn. What we do is we say we don't know enough. We'll learn. Like, study something, read something. There's a lot on YouTube that you can do for free. Learn. Amen? Get into an e-group. Those of you that, are planted, that want to plant churches, into e-groups. That's how you build churches. Amen? No, none. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how to disciple people. I don't know. Yes, because you won't go through the process yourself. You want to go through it, you're going to know how. I don't know how to pray. Let them teach you. Let these two girls teach you how to pray. Here's how you pray. You come to a prayer meeting and you get around people who can pray. And eventually it starts making sense and you begin to pray. You're like, oh, cool. So I can actually say that to God? Yep. Well, then I'm on it. Let's go. I remember asking, uh, there was an, an old lady in church. She was very old. Um, but when she prayed, I was scared of her. She didn't say a lot, but when she prayed, she scared me, right? There would be like this, this inner, she had, a, 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 like, she had like a 40-year-old angry man on the inside of her when she prayed. She was this lovely lady, but when she started praying, she'd be like, she'd just walk up and it would be like, oh, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'll pray in kids' church anywhere else, but I won't be near her. There was, when she prayed, something happened. Like chairs started moving around. That was a wild experience, right? And I remember the pastor saying, Andrew, I wanted to pray for you. You lost your mind. I wanted to pray with you, and I want you to pray with her. I'm not praying with her. She sounds like more of a man than me. And I can remember, like, I was just like, oh, there was a shudder in my voice. I didn't know what to say. Just this, uh, Lord, that you would bless. I'm just, I don't want to say that. Like, this woman, you know, it's like she could literally part oceans and things. And she, she made me very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. But over the years, as I got used to her and used to praying with her, one of the greatest things I could say to the young people is, hey, would you gather around her and let her pray with you? Let her speak into your life. Because what she carried released something in you, right? At the back first, but later, like, it was a good experience. Like, at first, I was terrified. I was terrified of her. Why? Because I didn't know how to pray. I wanted to learn to pray, but I was too scared to get around people who could pray. And it had to be ripped out of me. And that's how you learn. 
Amen? Jesus doesn't leave room for excuses. He said, come follow me. Come follow me. I'm not dragging you along. Let's go. If you want to be discipled, it's going to take something from you. And they were with Jesus for three years. And he annoyed them a lot. And he pressed all the wrong buttons. And he offended them. And he told them when they were useless. And he told them when they were kind of good. And he told them when they were doing a great job. And he did things that didn't make sense. And uh, all the way through. He just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and he loved them and he cared for them and he took time. But the relationship works two ways. The relationship works two ways. They knew that if they were going to become fishers of men, they had to learn from the best. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. And that's why I tell you, you've got to find a place. You've got to find a church, wherever that church is. I'm, I'm not insecure about it. But you've got to find a place and find a person and find these people and find an e-group, a place where you can get plugged in and, and connect with people and start to grow and learn and have the ability to ask questions and, and have somebody irritate you and annoy you and offend you. You go home, you're like, I hate that person. I hate church. I hate the Lord. I hate everything. And then you're back the next week. You're like, man, I picked up a fence. I've got to put it back down. You get annoyed. Tough luck. I'm exactly what you deserve. Huh? Isn't that true? God gives you what you deserve. I'm exactly what you deserve. You think, but you annoy me. You annoyed the Lord. That's why you got me. Amen? Teach them to observe all that he commanded. What did he command? Love the Lord your God. You can't teach somebody something you haven't got. How are you going to teach people to love God if you don't love God? How are you going to teach people to love their neighbor if you can't demonstrate what that looks like? How are you going to do it? You can't tell somebody, just pray about it. Do you pray about it? Just reach out to them. Do you reach out to them? Most people who spent a lot of time with me in the beginning, this is true, and, and all of them, unfortunately, I had to tell them, every person I spent time with in the beginning, I no longer spend time with now. Because in the beginning, what they said sounded brilliant. But as I took what they said seriously, I realized that they never took it seriously. Andrew, all you just got to do is read your Bible yeah, like four years later, when are you going to read yours though, bro? Like, I've got questions you still can't answer. You've got to pray about it, Andrew. Prayer is important. Yeah, but you never turn up to prayer. So why would, like, you're supposed to be the person who's inspiring me. You're not inspiring me anymore. I've got to find somebody else. And people would say, like, that, that's hurtful, Andrew. No, it's hurt. you hurt me. You, you said that you had something to give. You had nothing to give. You had empty words. Do something, because I'm looking for people who can inspire me, who can stir me up, who, can, who I can follow, who I can learn from. And I don't mind who I can learn from. I don't care. I'll learn from them, 100%. Whoever's got something of God for me, I want as much as God, of God as I can get. I'm going to take it from everywhere I can get it. Selfishly, I want to take as much as I can get. And if we're going to disciple people, and if I'm going to complete what God's asked me to do, I need that. 
And so I'm prepared to give time to it. I want to take from it. That's why I, I sit with somebody like Heinrich and I listen. Man, teach me. What, what, what do you mean? What, that's, that can't be true. Is that true? It's true, Andrew. I've got to get back to the Bible. What, what, what is this thing? Where? He's right. Damn it. Now I've got to tell him. Maybe I'll just text him. Right? Why? Because that's what discipleship is. It's not getting to the place where you think you know it all. It's getting to the place where you realize I can learn so much more than what I got. I can gain, and then when I've got it, I can give it. There's nothing better. You, somebody's sharing something with you, and have you ever given that answer, and as it's coming out of your mouth, you're like, where on earth did that come from? And you're like, whoa. Bro, tweet that, but put my name on it like this time. Like, it just came. Why? You read it somewhere. You heard it somewhere. Somebody said something to you. God dropped something in your spirit and you've got it to give. Why? Because I spent time with him and now there was something he gave me for that person. I, I read my Bible and when I needed that word, bam, I had it for someone. When they need, had that question, wow, actually, you will not believe this. I think I've got something I can show you. So how do we do it? How am I going to do this? Like, how do I... How do I win my world to Jesus? How do I do it? Because it's not that easy, amen? How are you going to do it at work or at uni or at school? How are you girls going to reach your world? Maybe you go to gym like me and you just want to reach the whole gym, whatever it is. You got to... Ha- <laughs> Matthew 5. For almost everyone in the room. You are salt. You're the salt of the earth. What good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Hmm? Can you make it salty again? Be thrown out and trampled underfoot. It's worthless. You're the light of the world. city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Why? Because no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house, and in the same way, let your good deeds shine before, shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Amen. I read some really cool things about salt. Check this out quickly. Not only does it add taste, obviously, right? But it preserves. This is what we're to be. It preserves. It stops contamination they used to use, uh, like the Romans would actually be paid in salt. You think you've got issues, right? Imagine taking some salt, just saying, mate, if I could just get some eggs for that, not going to happen nowadays, right? It cleans wounds. This is who you're supposed to be. And when somebody's damaged and hurt, we're supposed to help and clean that, not add to it. There's some Christians that are like, oh, you're offended. Mate, you've got to hear my story too. Right, And we just add yuck. We just add into this thing, and that, that doesn't help people. Right? It protects. Salt protects. That would, remember, if you, you have a great catch of fish, that's going, like, I don't know whether you realize this, but like if they've only got sandals and like a half a robe, and I don't know what underwear they wear, but there's not a lot going on, right? If that's what they've got, they don't have refrigeration. So when you have a great day out fishing and you bring them all home, what do you do with it? Salt. That's how you preserve it. Amen? 
It stops decay. You are supposed to stop decay. This world is falling apart, and we are supposed to be the salt in that. We are supposed to be those that preserve what God is doing instead of adding to what the enemy is doing. Amen? And when salt is contaminated, it becomes corrosive and poisonous. When you get contaminated with the world, you become sick and you start to hurt people. You start to become the very opposite of what you're supposed to be. And, and we think, like, it doesn't really make sense to me, this whole salt thing. Yes, because in their time, this, they knew exactly what this metaphor meant. They understood exactly what salt was and the benefits of it. And we just brush past it. You know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And you know exactly what the benefits are of who you are and what you do at work and what you do at school. And when you start becoming like your friends and you speak like them and you act like them and you behave like them, you drink like them, that is where you become contaminated. And then you come back into the body of Christ and it becomes poison. When we allow disobedience, carelessness, and indifference, which is just uh, like lack of interest or concern. That's the state we're in. We become worthless. When we disregard the, the Great Commission, we ourselves become worthless. He never said you lose your salvation. It's not a salvation issue. But you become useless because you are supposed to add and you're not your taking. That's crazy. You're a lamp or a city on a hill. Supposed to be prominent. You're supposed to, you're not like a lighthouse. A lighthouse, when you're out in the ocean, you're bobbing around and the motor's gone and you feel like I'm dead for sure. When you get that moment and you just see that, just that light brush past. You know, if you were out at sea, immediately hope is restored. I'm going to make it. There's land. That's what a lighthouse does. It's designed to help. It's supposed to bring people to safety. It's a warning when they're too close. It's a, it's a safety beacon or a light when they far out. There is something about your light and your life that is supposed to shine for people and bring hope to people and is supposed to wash over people and give them direction. And we live in a world that is very lost, very hurt, very broken, far from God. And you are the answer in your workplace. I can't be there. That's for you to do it. I can't be in your uni or your school. I can't do that for you. You're there. You're there. But when your friends look at you, do they, do they think like it is possible to... To, to go forward and to make it and to find hope. Are you the light that leads them to the Lord? Or are you that poisonous something that makes them go, I don't, I don't want anything to do with church? Are you that weirdo that pushes them away? Or that something that they keep drawing towards? You're supposed to be seen. That's the question I wrote down. This is, this is a brutal one for you to answer. Are you a hiding Christian? Like, do people at your workplace know, how was your weekend? Yeah, good. Get up too much? No, I mean, it was relaxed. Was it now? What'd you do? No, not a lot. Just, uh, yeah, just took it easy. How about yourself? Mm-hmm. Because you're hiding. 
You're hiding. There has to be something about your life that they can see. Because their difficult day will come. It's taken me a long time. But I had, I had our receptionist come up this week and go, so what's the whole church thing about? <laughs> I'm busy. Leave me alone. I'm joking. Right? It takes a lot of work and a lot of like little things. Not these big things. It doesn't take the big things. It's the little things. It's the when I'm in a mood because I just want to break everything. This thing won't work again. And they go, Andrew, do you, can you help me with something? Inside, I'm, what part of I am upset and angry can you not see here? I want to kick that now and you. But you can't do that because I'm supposed to be better. So I've got to go, I hate you, but I've still got to love you. Come on, let's go fix it. And you think, why do they always annoy me? There's other people who could help because you're helpful and you're kind and you show grace and you don't laugh at them when they are terrible on a computer or when they break something like you might have. You've got to, you've got to show a lot of mercy and a lot of grace and you've got to watch your mouth 24-7 and when something makes you angry, you've got to bite your tongue and you've got to choose the words that come out and you've got to be the person who walks in when it's, you're not feeling it and go, hey guys, morning, how you doing? And you've got to be, hey, are you okay? And then you've got to be willing to sit back and listen if they go, not really, like, so you won't believe what happened and inside you, you're thinking, why did I ask, Lord? Why did I ask? So my caravan's wheel doesn't work. Oh, Lord. So my dog's really, oh, phone Heinrich, why do you? But you've got to be kind. Why? Because there will come a moment. There will come a moment where they want what you've got. And you better hope that they want what is displayed from heaven, not just your Monday morning blues or your midnight express or your angry with him or your, you can't do that. You can't be up and down, on and off. That's not going to help you. Not if you want to disciple people. Amen? Are you hiding? Are you hiding? Because if you're not salt and you're not light, you are willfully disobeying the command of God. You are choosing it. If, if, there is, if there is nothing about you that says that you're a Christian and nobody can see it and nobody experiences it and it's not helpful and it's not bringing hope and it's not bringing healing and it's not gathering people back together and it's not honoring people. If that is where you stand, I'm telling you now, you are willfully, you are choosing to disobey the command of God. And then you're going, God, why are you not with me? Why am I struggling? Why is this not happening in my life? Why is this so difficult? Your choice. You were supposed to die to yourself and you were supposed to become the hands and feet of God. And he commands us to go out and make a difference. It's tough, right? Who are you reaching? I, I, over the years, I, I, I used to do this, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach everyone. I'll win the whole world. I remember, I remember my pastor when we were going to Singapore, my very first missions trip. I had no idea. And, he, and he's like, I remember one of the guys, he said, Andrew, what do you, what do you believe in God for? Reach Singapore. 
We've got three days, baby. Let me at it. I got this. First day I arrived, I've never been so tired in all my life. But I knew I had two left. The second day wasn't really that productive, but I had one more up my sleeve. And I got wrecked. Absolutely wrecked. No one got led to the Lord. But it changed me. Those are the things that are going to change you. But I wanted to reach everyone instead of just trying to reach someone. And, and, and there's this thing in church everywhere. Like you're made to feel so guilty if you come to church alone or without a friend. Right? Remove that. That, that, that's of the, that is of the devil. Get rid of that. Right? Forget that. It, you find somebody, if you notice, there's always that person in church who's like, I just want to introduce you to my new 15 friends. I met them this week. They're just in church. And the next time they're like, oh, we all just reached another 400 people. And you're like, well, how do they do it? How do they do it? I don't know how they do it either. But leave them to do it. My, my, my thing, if I could encourage you with this one thing, find one person and then give you everything for that one. One. I've always maintained if we all reach just one person in the next year, just one person, only one. I'm in such trouble because I don't know where to put them, but one. But what happens is I can win my world, but we don't, we don't do anything. Go after one. If you're a couple, find one couple. Just go after one person. Just one. One is a family. It doesn't matter. But bless them and love them and do coffees and dinner and let them experience you. And if you don't talk church for an entire year, fine. Who cares? Get them to a place where you, can, where you win the person, then you win them to the Lord. Win the person. Let that person see that you're a trustworthy person, that you're a good friend, that you don't talk rubbish, that you're nice to be around. When they leave your house, they get in that car, they go, but that was awesome. I love to see them again. That was cool. These people are great. Feel free to go for dinner, go to the beach, go for a walk, walk the dogs together. It doesn't matter. Why? Because they need to say, need to experience something about your life and see something about your life before they want what you have. But when we walk onto a street corner and we just start preaching at people, like God bless those who get it right. There's just not that many of them. And they turn more people off. They're like, oh, I won five people to the Lord. Brilliant. Well done. Also, the 400 that walked past will probably never come to church because you're an idiot. Because you just went at people and hurt people. You're going to hell. No. Win the person. Win them. Make friends with people. You'll be fine. You can survive this without coming to church with a friend. But if you don't go after one, you're never going to see anyone reached. Amen? I want to encourage you with this that I wrote down, and then we'll close, is um, don't underestimate what you are doing. Don't play it down. Don't think you're not doing enough. I look at it like this. The majority of the world don't serve God. They do nothing. So really, it's quite easy to just kind of be much better than them. We can be better than the majority by just doing anything. But we must do something. And, and if you're going to fulfill the Great Commission, it's going to cost you copious amounts of coffee, lots of annoying phone calls, a 
there's times where you want to just murder people. But man, there's nothing greater. I'll tell you, there's nothing greater than that moment you watch them give their life to the Lord. There is nothing greater that you will experience when somebody says, let's pray. Have you ever had your friend in church or someone in church where you, you, you pray like somehow you can twist God's arm? I love that. You pray that he's like, just close your eyes and you're like, Jesus, I am. You're willing their hand up. It's like, that hand goes up. You're just like, I got him. Right? It's the greatest feeling in the world, that person. I, uh, when, when, I was, when I was leading the youth, there was this one guy. He was amazing. Uh, he got bullied so bad in school. And so uh, his parents asked me to talk to him. And I said to him, look, if it's me, if it's up to me, I think we should take baseball bat to him. I shared that with him. I said to him, I think we should just go to school and just beat this kid. The two of us will, will own him. Um, also, I'm much bigger than him. I've got like, a bit of experience in this. So like, I know how we can do it outside of like, cameras and stuff like that. We could probably do a serious number. We don't kill him because I don't think the Lord would want that. But I think we can do a serious number. And, and to be honest with you, I don't like seeing you get hurt. I think I want to. I want to do that with you. If you'd allow me to, I really want to come with you. Let's take this kid out. And he was just like, right, let's go. Like, he was really enthusiastic, which helped because I was enthusiastic. And then I said to him, or, and I don't, this is a tough one, or we try it God's way. It does seem a little tougher though. Either way, whichever one you choose, I'm down for. I said, I will commit to you. No matter which option you choose, I'm in, which was pretty scary. Because if you saw the look in his eye, I'm pretty sure the baseball bat was coming up. And so I said to him, or we do the whole like, we do the thing that we, like God would have us do, like we help them, we speak nice, and we just play, we, we play at a different level and we just come up with a strategy. And um, I said to him, if we do that, like we, we run the chance, like we could kill one almost, or we could reach kind of all of them. But it is going to cost us a lot. It means like you're probably going to get bullied a bit more and all of that. And so I, I really try to talk it down. And I said to him, but I'm down for whatever you choose. Where do you want to go? And he said, how long do I have? I said, I don't know. Why don't we give it like, if you went option B, we give it a year. And after a year, if this doesn't work, still game on. We can go take him with a bat. Like, it's got to be an end date, but we'll go for a year. That's fine. After a year, if it doesn't work out, we'll take him out. He goes, I can't really lose by going option A, but I'm pretty sure we're going to end up doing option B. Uh, op uh, he was going option B, but he goes, I'm pretty sure we'll end up doing option A. I was pretty sure too. And, um, and so if he went, man, he, I've never seen a kid come to youth that beaten. Like, it, he, he went through it. He went through it. He, uh, he eventually did break through, though, and, and he won this guy over as a friend. And in the couple of months after, he led every single person in the school to the Lord. Every single one of them. Every last one of them. I remember the night asking him, I said to him, come to me. He came forward, I said, is there anyone in here who's, is there anyone left at school who's not in the room? And he went, no, I've checked. He goes, everyone's here. I said to him, tonight's a good night to go with a baseball bat. 
we should totally do it now when they pray. <laughs> and um, every single person in this school came to the Lord. I know, I, I, but it's easy to look at that and go, wow. But you have to watch the lead up, the pain and the difficulty that he went through to get there. It was a journey. I know the world doesn't make it easy for us. But I'm telling you, if we are people who want to make a difference, and we want to help, and we want to serve, and we want to give, and we want to care, I'm telling you now, your entire school could come to the Lord. Every single one of them. Just think about that. Every single one of them. They'll all want to come to church. Mom and dad will have to buy bigger cars, like a bus and stuff. Right? And it'll be fun. But I'm asking you to think about, in, your, in the journey ahead, who is this one that we're going to reach? Amen? Come on, bow your heads quick. I want you to think about this person. Now, if you're single, it's easy because you get to pick alone. But if you're married, I just want to ask you guys to do this one thing for me this week. Just one thing. Maybe just have a discussion about it. Babe, who's that person? Who's that family? What, what, what is our strategy here? We need a strategy. I remember a while back, um, like Deb and I really have a strategy. We're after someone. And um, I, I, this week, I had, I, after, you know, Deb owes me lots of money. But after the amount of coffee I've had to buy trying to reach this one girl. And, and this week was the first week in a very, I don't know how long it's been, but I must spend, I've spent at least $100,000 on coffee. I finally had a bit of breakthrough. And it was amazing because I've been so determined to have this breakthrough that sometimes I've been going twice or three times in a day when they're there because I know there's quieter moments. And, and I had the, like a glimpse of breakthrough, a glimpse. And as it happened, bam, another two girls in there all kind of started buying in. Something happens when you don't give up. Something happens when you're determined. And I haven't had the result that I'm looking for, but I will see that result but only because I'm determined. Who are you going to reach? What are you going to do? What need can you meet in someone's life? How can you serve someone better? How can you care for somebody differently? How, what is it that God's placed on your heart that you can do to make a difference in the world around you? It doesn't have to be like everybody else. You don't have to rush out and open an orphanage and try and like reach 4,000 kids. That's not what you have to do, but you must do something for the Lord. And I'm encouraging you because I want you to fulfill the Great Commission so that we can reach all these nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to keep praying for people, to keep believing God with people, to stand in agreement with somebody when you know they're making an effort. There's something powerful that happens. So Father, I just pray that you would really, in this time, help us to become people that make a difference. Let it be that we are a church that finds ways, creative ways to win our world, to be generous outside of these four walls, to be caring outside of these four walls, to be loving, to be people of truth, to be people of integrity, to be people that when the world spends time with us, they go, I want what they've got. 
wanted. We don't want to be just be worthless and only good enough to be thrown out and trampled underfoot because there was nothing left of us. I just get a sense that as you're sitting here, there's some of you, you feel like this, uh, in a sense, almost a bit of regret, like you've dropped the ball somewhere. You had an opportunity, maybe you didn't kind of finish what you started. Can I just encourage you, put that aside and have a fresh start, a new beginning. Don't carry old pain and old guilt with you. That will never get you anywhere. Eventually, you'll just be so heavy, you can't go forward. Let that go and say, God, as of this day, I'm just going to try again. I'm going to send that text one more time. I'm going to rebuild that relationship. I'm going to find a way. And then you're not racing the clock. And if your neighbor, the person sitting next to you manages to reach 8,000 people and you're still working on that one, you are doing just as much as them. We're going to be people who value the contribution we have, not despise the humble beginning. The greatest thing somebody told me was that Somebody led Reinhard Bonnke to the Lord. Do you know who it is though? Don't despise humble beginnings. You reach that one person, they might come out the blocks and reach a million people. And it's accounted to us, not one or the other. Maybe you're sitting here as you're thinking about that person, you think I'm far from God. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Have you decided to have a relationship with Jesus? Have you surrendered your life? Said, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm not going to try my way. I'm just going to do it your way. If you have not done that, I want to pray for you. Well, no one's looking around. That's you. Or you've just drifted along the way. Just slip your hand up and say, I want, pray for me. I want to be in that prayer. I'm going to do it God's way. I see your hand. Great call. Great call. Great decision. Great decision, young lady. That's what I'm talking about. You're going to do it God's way though, yeah? Amen. I can see it. We're going to love God. We're going to love people. We're going to meet that need. We're going to get into a relationship with a living God. We're going to fulfill our destiny, and that is to have a relationship with Him. We're not going to become religious. We're going to become people of relationship and of love. We're going to see a need and meet it. You don't know what you do sometimes. That little thing goes a long way. And we're going to make a difference. We're going to see the world around us, no matter how annoying they are, and we're going to try and win some. Because they also deserve to know God. They were also designed by Him for relationship with Him. And it's our responsibility to get them there. And we're going to be salt and we're going to be light in this world. We're going to make that happen. Amen. Could you do me a favor? Could we just stand to our feet? I just want to pray. Young lady, listen to me. Everything in the world and everyone in the world He's going to wait for you to fall. They're going to wait for you to trip up. The odds are against you. But God is for you. And if God is for you, you outnumber the world. 
And the decision you're making is going to change your life and it's going to change the life of every single person in the city. The world needs people like you to go for God. Because if you run for God, they don't all have to go to hell because they're going to see what you've got and they're going to want it. And I think it's the greatest decision you're making. How old are you? You're 10. So when I went to Singapore, all I got to do was pray with some girls who were about your age. And I couldn't reach any of them. And I cried for 24 hours. And I wanted to help so much. I wanted to help so bad that because they allowed me to pray with them, I came back to become a youth pastor. And when I see the decision you're making, it reminds me of that night. And I'm proud of you. And everyone in this room is proud of you. Don't quit. Don't give up. Go for God. Amen. Can we stretch out to her? We're just going to pray. Father, we just pray for this incredible girl. For the decision she's making now. The one thing I know is that you're able to finish what you start. And she's going to be that lighthouse for you. That lamp that doesn't get hidden. And people are going to come to her from all different age groups and areas and they're just going to want what she's got. I pray you protect this moment. Give her the courage to finish what she starts here. Give her the words to speak. Fill her with your spirit now. From strength to strength, she's going. Bless her, I pray. In Jesus' name. fine that's what it's about that's what it's about amen father as we head into this week i just pray that this moment would be the thing these moments are the things that stir us to realize that church is just so worth it all that we give all that we that we do it matters in these moments I pray blessing over every single person in this room now. Over all those that are unwell, we lift them up to you. We ask God supernaturally by your spirit that you would heal them. All those that are online, you're not well, just raise your hands to God. I'm telling you, the healing is coming over your body now. We're going to believe God for something to happen in your life. We're going to hear testimonies of it. God, we love you. And we're just going to choose to put you first in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. If you're in agreement, you can say amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Grab a cup of tea. Celebrate this girl. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources, or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at the Link Church, God bless. God bless.